0: We are going to be in a brand new sermon series about Psalm 91. We're going to go verse by verse through Psalm 91. But it's all about the shelter and the protection that God gives us. And as I I think about these shows, and I think about how that's one of the first things that if if you're on a deserted island or you find yourself in one of those situations, one of the first things that you need to do is build shelter. In fact, uh, if you paid attention in school uh, on that day you didn't fall asleep, you might have heard the, the term Maslow's Theory or Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And that theory is a theory of motivation. And here's what it says. It says there's five categories of human needs that will dictate a person's behavior. Five needs that dictate a person's behavior. And those needs are Physiological. Physiological, that's your, that's your food, that's your shelter, food and water, shelter, rest, health, etc. Secondly, safety. So not only do you have physiological needs, but you have safety needs. Not only do you have safety needs, but you have love and belonging, love and belonging, esteem, and then self-actualization. The five needs, according to Maslow's theory of hierarchy of needs, it said that everything that we do can revolve around those five behaviors. Now, I don't know that I agree with that, but I want to show you something from Psalm 91 that is so interesting because the Creator Himself knows our needs. And Psalm 91 lays out two very specific things, shelter and safety. Shelter and safety. So for the purpose of this sermon series, because of the richness of the language in the King James Uh, For this sermon series, I'm going to be using my old King James Bible. If you have your copy of God's Word today, we invite you to stand. The words will be up on the screen for your convenience. But we're going to read from Psalm 91, just two verses for the purpose of today. Verse 1 and verse 2 of Psalm 91. And here's what it says He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. What beautiful passage that is from Psalm 91. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the protection for the shelter and safety that you give to your children. God, oftentimes in our lives, we take it for granted. We have taken that protection that is all around us for granted. We probably haven't even thanked you lately for the protection that you give us, the things that we know that have been prevented from happening, and then sometimes the things we're not even aware of, the accident that could have happened. God, help us today to acknowledge your safety and shelter that you provide us help us today to give you praise and honor for that as we learn what it's like to be under that protection help us to no longer take it for granted and to go through life not showing any adoration for your precious protection god speak to our hearts as only you can and we'll give you the praise the honor and the glory hide me behind that old rugged cross in jesus name we pray Amen. You may be seated. Psalm 91 has been called a psalm of protection. A psalm of protection, in fact, it's very popular and very common uh, for military members to have this specific passage highlighted in the Bibles that they used to be issued, that now they're given sometimes as gifts. Police and first responders will often recite Psalm 91 in days of difficulty. It is a wonderful passage to be comforted by, to be given confidence and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Chaplains are trained in their line of work to memorize as many sections of Psalm 91 as they can, to quote it to people that they serve over in times of crisis. But over the next several weeks, we're gonna be studying and learning about Psalm 91 and, and, and hopefully, will no longer just go through the motions and take God's precious protection for granted. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. Verse 1. He that dwelleth. He that dwelleth. In other words, what's implied there in that context is that it's a choice. It's a choice. He that chooses. He that seeks that shelter, he that seeks it will find it. It is a choice, ladies and gentlemen, that he that dwelleth in the secret place. That word dwell, it means to remain. It means to abide. It implies that you go there, he that dwelleth, you choose to go there and you stay. You choose to go there and you find that shelter And that security that you've been seeking. The Hebrew word for dwell is yashab. Yashab. You know, it's kind of like in our modern vernacular, we say where you stay. (laughs) Where you stay, right? Where you live. It's, It's where you abide. It's where you remain. And in the Hebrew, that word yashab isn't like you just went there one time and you had a great experience, but you don't go back. No, in the Hebrew, what's implied in the word Yeshab is you stay. You stay. Isn't that ironic? Where do you stay? You stay there, Yeshab. You remain there. You dwell. So the person that makes the choice to seek shelter in God and to seek that protection from God, it is a choice, and then you stay there. And you you acknowledge who he is and what he is, but that word Yeshab implies that You stay there. It's not a temporary thing. You stay. I've also appreciated how the King James Version actually calls it the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Did you see that in the King James? The secret place. So that word secret in the Hebrew is say there, say there. And it implies that that it's a privilege. You ever thought about that? The protection that God gives you is a privilege. The protection over you by virtue of you being a child of God is a privilege that we often take for granted and and that we sometimes are are either ignorant about or numb to. I'm going to tell you, there's been times in your life that you may not even be clearly aware on this side of heaven where God prevented something from happening. And then there are times where you're where you were mm-hmm, distracted driving <laughs> and you looked up at the last second and somebody was stopped completely and your heart s- ceases up your breathing intensifies and right at the last second hopefully <laughs> but oftentimes we we're not even aware of the times that you were about to step into a pit and God's protection saved you from that pit. You're sometimes not even fully conscious of the times that you were right on the edge. I was, uh, I think I was 16 years old, I had worked a double shift at a a cabinet factory in downtown Shreveport that was owned by my dad and uncle, and uh, I had just worked a double shift, I was on my way home, I was tired, I was exhausted, and I was on I-20. And uh, and and back then we lived in Cedar Grove, and I'm getting off at the Juella exit. Or I was I was going to get off at the Juella exit, but somewhere right there, close to Fairgroundsville, I have to confess to you that I fell asleep at the wheel. I fell asleep at the wheel, and something we know who prompted to wake me up. And at the last second, I saw nothing but a row of brake lights. And so, with everything that was in me, I took the wheel and I. Took turned it as fast as I could, and I clipped the very last vehicle, and my car wound up on the side of I-20, facing the Hirsch Coliseum, actually facing the stockyards, but most of y'all don't know where that's at, but anyway, (laughs) so facing the Hirsch Coliseum, and I'll never forget, a county sheriff's deputy stopped, saw the accident, and was the first on the scene, and he says to me, looking at my car and looking at me, he says, son, who was in the car with you? 16 years old, prideful, arrogant, stubborn. I said, what? He said, who was in this car with you? And I thought maybe he thought somebody had take off running, you know. I don't, know. I, I don't want the cops. I can't be around here. And I, so that's what I thought he was asking me. I said, well, sir, nobody was in this car. He said, I'm going to ask you that one more time, and I want you to think about it. Who was in this car with you today? And still in my stubborn ignorance and pride, I didn't know what he was saying. He said, well, let me just tell you this. I don't know what you believe. But he said, I've seen many wrecks. And he walked away from me. and I've never seen anything. See, there's the times that you're conscious, you're aware of an accident or something about to happen, and just at the last second you steer, you you avoid, you 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 don't fall into the pit. But I I'm more convinced that you there's been times throughout my life and your life where we're not even fully aware of the protection that God has over us. And we take this for granted, but the King James calls it a secret place. It is a privilege, an absolute privilege to have God's protection. I'll tell you another thing about these two verses that we read. So first of all, right there in verse 1, we're introduced to two names of God. We as a church have studied the names of God, the the proper names of God, and we've talked about their different meanings and how it brings out a different attribute or a different characteristic. So draw your attention to verse 1, where it says there, the secret place of the Most High, the Most High. In the Hebrew, that's El Elyon, El Elyon. That's one of my favorite names of God, El Elyon. And what it means is He's the Most High. He is preeminent, He is premier, He is above all. He is the Most High. And you're introduced to that name of God right there in verse 1. He is the most high, El Elyon. But not only is he the most high, did you see the other one? He's almighty, El Shaddai. And many of you have told me that that's your favorite name of God, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. It means the almighty. It means El Shaddai, that you come under him, And that He is Almighty. He is all powerful. He is able to do more than you ask or imagine. Do you understand that no matter how big your problem, no matter how big your obstacle that you're facing, God is bigger than that? Don't look at the, the size of your problem, look at the size of God and recognize that He is Most High and He is Almighty. You're looking at your circumstances, you're looking at your situation. Look to God. Look to God. This song is a song to encourage you. This entire song, all verses of this song, will provide you comfort and confidence in the weeks ahead. If, if you're working. Work. For some of you, that's a four-letter word. <laughs> Work. If you All start tomorrow morning. Just read those first two verses to God as a prayer. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Say that as a prayer to Him. Call it out loud. Repeat it over and over. Get it in you so that it comes out and how God watches over us and cares for us how he has stopped things from happening how he has sometimes allowed things to happen but those two names of God reveal a whole lot about his character he is above all and he is almighty look at verse 2 verse 2 I will say I will say of the Lord now think about this for a moment The person that chooses to dwell, remember we said it's a choice, the person that chooses to dwell in the secret place and stay there, he has to make a profession. He or she has to make a profession and confession of God. I will say of the Lord. You see, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. When we're not aware of his protection, when we're not aware of his presence in our lives, we're probably not talking about him and we're probably not talking to him. When you become more aware of him and when you become more aware of his protection and presence in your life, you can't help but talk about him and talk to him. Isn't that something? When you, I will say, I will say, let me tell you what God loves to hear, his own words, right back to him. He loves when you pray his scripture. So when you say to me, Pastor Chad, I just don't know what to pray. Well, have you tried praying scripture? You take a psalm or you take any of the promises of God. There's only 365 of them. 365 times in the word of God. 365 times it says do not fear. There's one do not fear for every day of the week. And in fact, somebody went back and analyzed it again and said, no, actually, there's 366. So just in case it's a leaf year. Hello, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> do not fear. See, there's so many promises of God, do not fear. There's so many promises of God through Scripture. You could read those as a prayer to God and he loves hearing his own word. He loves it. And you know what else he does? He honors his word. He right. honors His word. So when you read his word to him and you claim a promise, he honors that. I will say, look at verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Now, in the time period that this was written culturally and contextually, they would have totally understood a refuge and a fortress. They built cities and fortifications to prevent the attack of an enemy. They had entire huge complexes that served as a refuge, a place of safety. Nowadays, we build houses based on convenience and comfort and we really don't give a lot of thought to a fortress type edifice or to a fortress structure. We don't think of building a refuge, but in the context and culture that this was written, they absolutely understood that God is that fortification That God is that refuge. That God is my protection. And I go to him. And I cling to him. And I call upon his name. Because he is worthy. I will say. He is my refuge. And my fortress. My God in him will I trust. I want you to focus over the next few weeks. On saying this passage on declaring it out loud, repeating it over and over. And I want, as you do that, I want you to be conscious of your thoughts. Your thoughts are going to be on on His protection over you, His presence around you. You're going to start being more aware of God in your life, and you're not going to be able to not praise Him. You're not going to be able to not brag on Him, because when you're in the presence, it does something inside you that causes you to speak it out loud take our health for granted and it's not until we go to a doctor and get a bad prognosis or a bad diagnosis that we're now all of a sudden aware of our health but I want you to think about this in terms of your health because many of you are on the other side of a cancer diagnosis many of you are on the other side after a heart procedure heart surgery you probably were just living your life going to work doing your thing and then all of a sudden there was a there was a something going on? And you said, well, I've got to get this looked at. And it was in that moment that you all of a sudden felt the frailty of life. You felt how life is just a vapor, here today and gone. And it probably made you more aware. And that's a good thing. When we're aware of our fragility, when we're aware that life is just a vapor, when you start thinking of, hey, even if I live 100 years, that's just a vapor. But think about how many times we've taken our health for granted. God, the Creator, has designed our bodies in such a way, and the way everything is synchronized, and the way everything is put together, and yet we take it for granted. You don't even think about breathing until I start talking about it, and then you're like, wait, I forgot to (laughs) breathe. motion with something. <laughs> no, but really you you take that kind of stuff for granted. You don't even think about breathing. You don't even think about your heart. Not until you've been on the other side of that. you more conscious of this before that happens so you don't take hell for granted, so that you don't take God's protection for granted, so that you don't take his presence for granted. Did you know for 400 years between the closing of the Old Testament, the last prophet that spoke the last prophet that spoke, there was 400 years of silence and the Jewish people were desperate to hear from God but don't get it twisted because they had heard from God they had heard from God over and over and disobeyed Him and rebelled. But oh, I'm going to tell you something. When you come to a point where you haven't heard from Him in a while, when you come to a point where you don't feel that presence anymore, and it makes you aware of all the things you took for granted. You see, I'm just trying to get you to realize it before that time, I, I, I don't think most of us have thought about being under the shadow of and the protection of God. Most of us don't give a thought to being under his his hand and and him uh, not allowing things to happen and, and keeping us safe. If you will make it a priority to read this psalm and to say it as a prayer back to God, over the next several weeks you will become more aware of his presence, of his protection, and of his shadow. Speaking of shadow... Uh, I used to, years ago, I had a blog, most of you don't even know what a blog is, and that's a good thing, but I used to have a blog, and in the year 2006, 2006, I wrote this, it's kind of like a a journal, if you will, but it was online, and uh, by the way, the the name of it was Deep Thoughts by Chad. (laughs) Deep Thoughts by Chad. Now most of the time, my deep thoughts were pretty shallow. Most of the time, my thoughts were on things of humor. But on this day, I guess I was feeling a little emotional. I guess on this day, I was was feeling a little uh, sentimental and Hayden was three and a half years old. And this is what I wrote on Tuesday, March 14th, 2006. And the title was The Shadow. The other day was such a beautiful day that Hayden and I went outside. He wanted to ride his tricycle. So I followed behind him, enjoying the sunshine and cool breeze. His tricycle has a handle attached to the back for an adult to use to help steer. Y'all remember those? He pedaled along, leaving me slightly behind. Hayden started to drift off the road, and so I gently placed my hand back on the handle without his even knowing it. I gently guided him back on the safety of the road. I looked down at the pavement in that exact moment and I saw the shadow that we created. There was Hayden on the tricycle and my shadow loomed large beside him. Father and son, my hand on the safety handle. And that image spoke volumes. God showed me in that moment how he is our heavenly father's always with us. He's beside us. He's in front of us, <clears throat> he's a, trying to see through the water here, beside us, in front of us, allergies. <laughs> he's beside us, he's in front of us, he's behind us. His hand gently guides us and corrects us when we drift off the right path in life. I love moments like this, even though we may not always know it or acknowledge it, God is always with us, and I'm thankful today. a gentle reminder of his presence and his guidance. So I found this the other day and I thought, isn't it something that that little three and a half year old on the tricycle is now a pastor of his own church. Man, I feel old. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we have to be reminded to not take that shadow for granted. To not take his presence for granted. To not be numb about his protection that covers us. You know, a parent sacrifices a lot for their children, and a lot of times kids aren't even aware of the things that parents sacrifice. And we don't want them to be aware, right? We, we want to, as much as we can... Give them the best of, the, of things uh, and, and make sure that they learn valuable lessons and that we don't spoil them and they don't have an entitlement mentality. But most of the time, we don't even want them to know about certain sacrifices we make. But, but you and I have been there. You know that at the same time, when a child of yours, or maybe it's a grandchild for some of you, when they take for granted your sacrifices, and when they don't show appreciation, and when they're not a very obedient child, and they're not a courteous child, and they're not a manly child, you, uh, you kind of start getting a little irritated and agitated, right? Well, here's what I want you to think about. Our Heavenly Father, the Bible says, is a jealous God. He will not share His glory with anyone or anything. And of all the times that you've taken for granted your health, of all the times that you've taken for granted his protection, of all the times that you've taken for granted his shadow, you know, sometimes I just pray that say, God, forgive me for the things I've taken for granted that you could just as easily take away. Okay. Forgive me for the times I haven't been a preacher. And yet, you still continue to bless. Let's get real now. We like the blessings. Favor. We like the protection. Mm-hmm. What I want us all to do, this sermon goes through me long before it gets to mm-hmm. you, and I, I don't want us anymore to be numb mm-hmm. or maybe ignorant in some cases of all the things that God is protecting us from. I, I don't want us to ever again not be appreciative of His presence in our lives and His peace over us. It's my hope and my prayer that through this sermon series and through God's word and through his Holy Spirit, that there will be a conviction in your heart and starting now, not procrastinating, not saying next week, next month, no, starting now, that you'll become more aware of his protection, that you'll become more, you'll give more praise and adoration over the protection that he's provided to you over your life. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father. We are going to be in a brand new sermon series about Psalm 91. We're going to go verse by verse through Psalm 91, but it's all about the shelter and the protection that God gives us. And as I I think about these shows, and I think about how that's one of the first things that if if you're on a deserted island or you find yourself in one of those situations, one of the first things that you need to do is build shelter. In fact, uh, if you paid attention in school uh, on that day you didn't fall asleep, you might have heard the, the term Maslow's Theory or Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And that theory is a theory of motivation. And here's what it says. It says there's five categories of human needs that will dictate a person's behavior. Five needs that dictate a person's behavior. And those needs are physiological. Physiological physiological that's your that's your food that's your shelter food and water shelter rest health etc secondly safety so not only do you have physiological needs but you have safety needs not only do you have safety needs but you have love and belonging love and belonging esteem and then self actualization the five needs according to maslow's theory of hierarchy of needs it said that everything that we do can revolve around those five behaviors. Now, I don't know that I agree with that, but I want to show you something from Psalm 91 that is so interesting because the Creator Himself knows our needs. And Psalm 91 lays out two very specific things, shelter and safety. Shelter and safety. So for the purpose of this sermon series, because of the richness of the language in the King James Uh, For this sermon series, I'm going to be using my old King James Bible. If you have your copy of God's Word today, we invite you to stand. The words will be up on the screen for your convenience, but we're going to read from Psalm 91, just two verses for the purpose of today, verse 1 and verse 2 of Psalm 91. And here's what it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide Under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. What beautiful passage that is from Psalm 91. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the protection for the shelter and safety that you give to your children. God, oftentimes in our lives, we take it for granted. We have taken that protection that is all around us for granted. We probably haven't even thanked you lately for the protection that you give us, the things that we know that have been prevented from happening, and then sometimes the things we're not even aware of, the accident that could have happened. God, help us today to acknowledge your safety and shelter that you provide us. Help us today to give you praise and honor for that as we learn what it's like to be under that protection. Help us to no longer take it for granted and to go through life not showing any adoration for your precious protection. God, speak to our hearts as only you can, and we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Hide me behind that old rugged cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Psalm 91 has been called a psalm of protection. A psalm of protection, in fact, it's very popular and very common uh, for military members to have this specific passage highlighted in the Bibles that they used to be issued, that now they're given sometimes as gifts. Police and first responders will often recite, Psalm 91 in days of difficulty. It is a wonderful passage to be comforted by, to be given confidence and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Chaplains are trained in their line of work to memorize as many sections of Psalm 91 as they can, to quote it to people that they serve over in times of crisis. But over the next several weeks, we're gonna be studying and learning about Psalm 91 and, and, and hopefully, will no longer just go through the motions and take God's precious protection for granted. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. Verse 1, he that dwelleth, he that dwelleth. In other words, what's implied there in that context is that it's a choice. It's a choice, he that chooses. He that seeks that shelter, he that seeks it will find it. It is a choice, ladies and gentlemen, that he that dwelleth in the secret place. That word dwell, it means to remain. It means to abide. It implies that you go there, he that dwelleth, you choose to go there and you stay. You choose to go there and you find that shelter and that security that you've been seeking. The Hebrew word for dwell is yashab, yashab. You know, it's kind of like, in our modern vernacular, we say, where you stay. <laughs> where you stay, right? Where you live, it's, it's where you abide, it's where you remain. And in the Hebrew, that word yashab isn't like you just went there one time, and you had a great experience, but you don't go back. No, in the Hebrew, what's implied in the word yashab is you stay. You stay. Isn't that ironic? Where do you stay? You stay there, yashab. You remain there. You dwell. So the person that makes the choice to seek shelter in God and to seek that protection from God, it is a choice, and then you stay there. And you you acknowledge who he is and what he is, but that word yashab implies that You stay there. It's not a temporary thing. You stay. I've also appreciated how the King James Version actually calls it the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Did you see that in the King James? The secret place. So that word secret in the Hebrew is say there, say there. And it implies that that it's a privilege. You ever thought about that? The protection that God gives you is a privilege the protection over you by virtue of you being a child of God is a privilege that we often take for granted and and that we sometimes are are either ignorant about or numb to. I'm going to tell you, there's been times in your life that you may not even be clearly aware on this side of heaven where God prevented something from happening. And then there are times where you're where you were distracted driving <laughs> and you looked up at the last second and somebody was stopped completely and your heart ceases up your breathing intensifies and right at the last second holy <laughs> but oftentimes we we're not even aware of the times that you were about to step into a pit and God's protection saved you from that pit. You're sometimes not even fully conscious of the times that you were right on the edge. I was, uh, I think I was 16 years old. I had worked a double shift at a a cabinet factory in downtown Shreveport that was owned by my dad and uncle, and uh, I had just worked a double shift. I was on my way home. I was tired. I was exhausted, and I was on I-20. And uh, and and back then we lived in Cedar Grove, and I'm getting off at the Juella exit. Or I was attempting, I was going to get off at the Juella exit, but somewhere right there, close to Fairgroundsville, I have to confess to you that I fell asleep at the wheel. I fell asleep at the wheel, and something, we know who, prompted to wake me up. And at the last second, I saw nothing but a row of brake lights. And so, with everything that was in me, I took the wheel and I. Took turned it as fast as I could and I clipped the very last vehicle and my car wound up on the side of I-20 facing the Hirsch Coliseum. Actually facing the stockyards, but most of y'all don't know where that's at. But anyway, <laughs> so facing the Hirsch Coliseum and I'll never forget, a of sheriff's deputy stopped, saw this accident and was the first on the scene. And he says to me, looking at my car and looking at me, he says, son, who was in the car with you? 16 years old, prideful, arrogant, stubborn, I said, what? He said, who was in this car with you? And I thought maybe he thought somebody had take off running. You know, I don't, know. I, I don't want the cops. I can't be around here. And I, so that's what I thought he was asking me. I said, well, sir, nobody was in this car. He said, I'm going to ask you that one more time, and I want you to think about it. Who was in this car with you today? And still in my stubborn ignorance and pride, I, I didn't know what he was saying. He said, well, let me just tell you this. I don't know what you believe. But he said, I've seen many wrecks. Walk away. And he said, Jesus was in the car with me. And he walked away from me. And I've never seen him say anything. <laughs> See, there's the times that you're conscious you're aware of an accident or something about to happen, and just at the last second you steer, you you avoid, you 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 don't fall into the pit. But I I'm more convinced that you there's been times throughout my life and your life where we're not even fully aware of the protection that god has over us and we take this for granted but the king james calls it a secret place it is a privilege an absolute privilege to have god's protection i'll tell you another thing about these two verses that we read so first of all right there in verse one we're introduced to two names of god we as a church have studied the names of god the the proper names of God, and we've talked about their different meaning and how it brings out a different attribute or a different characteristic. So draw your attention to verse 1 where it says there, the secret place of the Most High. The Most High. In the Hebrew, that's El Elyon. El Elyon. That's one of my favorite names of God, El Elyon. And what it means is He's the Most High. He is preeminent. He is premier. He is above all. He is the Most High. And you're introduced to that name of God right there in verse 1. He is the most high, El Elyon. But not only is he the most high, did you see the other one? He's almighty, El Shaddai. And many of you have told me that that's your favorite name of God, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. It means the almighty. It means El Shaddai, that you come under him, and that he is almighty. He is all-powerful. He is able to do more than you ask or imagine. Do you understand that no matter how big your problem, no matter how big your obstacle that you're facing, God is bigger than that. Don't look at the, the size of your problem. Look at the size of God and recognize that he is most high and he is almighty. You're looking at your circumstances. You're looking at your situation. Look to God. Look to God. This song is a song to encourage you. This entire song, all verses of this song, will provide you comfort and confidence in the weeks ahead if, if you're working. Work. For some of you, that's a four-letter word. <laughs> Work. If you. y'all start tomorrow morning. Just read those first two verses to God as a prayer. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Say that as a prayer to Him. Call it out loud. Repeat it over and over. Get it in you so that it comes out of Psalm of protection and how god watches over us and cares for us how he has stopped things from happening how he has sometimes allowed things to happen but those two names of god reveal a whole lot about his character he is above all and he is almighty look at verse two verse two i will say i will say of the lord now think about this for a moment The person that chooses to dwell, remember we said it's a choice, the person that chooses to dwell in the secret place and stay there, he has to make a profession. He or she has to make a profession and confession of God. I will say of the Lord. You see, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. When we're not aware of his protection, when we're not aware of his presence in our lives, We're probably not talking about him, and we're probably not talking to him. When you become more aware of him, and when you become more aware of his protection and presence in your life, you can't help but talk about him and talk to him. Isn't that something? When you, I will say, I will say, let me tell you what God loves to hear, his own words, right back to him. He loves when you pray his scripture. So when you say to me, Pastor Chad, I just don't know what to pray. Well, have you tried praying scripture? You take a psalm or you take any of the promises of God, there's only 365 of them. 365 times in the word of God, 365 times it says do not fear. There's one do not fear for every day of the week. And in fact, somebody went back and analyzed it again and said, no, actually, there's 366. So just in case it's a leap year, do somebody. <laughs> <laughs> do not fear. See, there's so many promises of God, do not fear. There's so many promises of God through Scripture. You could read those as a prayer to God and he loves hearing his own word. He loves it. And you know what else he does? He honors his word. He That's honors right. His word. So when you read his word to him and you claim a promise, he honors that. I will say, look at verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Now in the time period that this was written culturally and contextually, they would have totally understood a refuge and a fortress. They built cities and fortifications to prevent the attack of an enemy. They had entire huge complexes that served as a refuge, a place of safety. Nowadays, we build houses based on convenience and comfort and we really don't give a lot of thought to a fortress type edifice or to a fortress structure. We don't think of building a refuge, but in the context and culture that this was written, they absolutely understood that God is that fortification That God is that refuge. That God is my protection. And I go to him. And I cling to him. And I call upon his name. Because he is worthy. I will say. He is my refuge. And my fortress. My God in him will I trust. I want you to focus over the next few weeks. On saying this passage. On declaring it out loud, repeating it over and over. And I want, as you do that, I want you to be conscious of your thoughts. Your thoughts are going to be on, on His protection over you, His presence around you. You're going to start being more aware of God in your life, and you're not going to be able to not praise Him. You're not going to be able to not brag on Him because when you're in the presence, it does something inside you that causes you to speak it out loud take our health for granted and it's not until we go to a doctor and get a bad prognosis or a bad diagnosis that we're now all of a sudden aware of our health but I want you to think about this in terms of your health because many of you are on the other side of a cancer diagnosis many of you are on the other side after a heart procedure heart surgery you probably were just living your life going to work doing your thing and then all of a sudden there was a there was a something going on, and you said, well, i, I got to get this looked at. And it was in that moment that you all of a sudden felt the frailty of life. You felt how life is just a vapor, here today and gone, and it probably made you more aware. And that's a good thing. When we're aware of our fragility, when we're aware that life is just a vapor, when you start thinking of, hey, even if I live 100 But think about how many times we've taken our health for granted. God, the creator, has designed our bodies in such a way, and the way everything is synchronized, and the way everything is put together, and yet we take it for granted. You don't even think about breathing until I start talking about it, and then you're like, wait, I forgot to (laughs) breathe. take that kind of stuff for granted. You don't even think about breathing. You don't even think about your heart. Not until you've been on the other side. get you more conscious of this before that happens so you don't take health for granted, so that you don't take God's protection for granted, so that you don't take his presence for granted. Did you know for 400 years between the closing of the Old Testament, the last prophet that spoke the last prophet that spoke, there was 400 years of silence and the Jewish people were desperate to hear from God but don't get it twisted because they had heard from God They had heard from God over and over and disobeyed Him and rebelled. But oh, I'm going to tell you something. When you come to a point where you haven't heard from Him in a while, when you come to a point where you don't feel that presence anymore, and it makes you aware of all the things you took for granted. You see, I'm just trying to get you to realize before that time, I, I don't think most of us have thought about being under the shadow and the protection of God. Most of us don't give a thought to being under his his hand and and him uh, not allowing things to happen and, and keeping us safe. If you will make it a priority to read this psalm and to say it as a prayer back to God, over the next several weeks you will become more aware of his presence, of his protection, and of his shadow. Speaking of shadow... Uh, I used to, years ago, I had a blog. Most of you don't even know what a blog is, and that's a good thing. But I used to have a blog. And in the year 2006, 2006, I wrote this. It's kind of like a a journal, if you will, but it was online. And, uh, by the way, the the name of it was Deep Thoughts by Chad. (laughs) Deep Thoughts by Chad. Now most of the time my deep thoughts were pretty shallow. Most of the time my thoughts were on things of humor, but on this day I guess I was feeling a little emotional. I guess on this day I was, I was feeling a little uh, sentimental and Hayden was three and a half years old and this is what I wrote on Tuesday, March 14th, 2006. And the title was The Shadow. The other day was such a beautiful day that Hayden and I went outside. He wanted to ride his tricycle So I followed behind him, enjoying the sunshine and cool breeze. His tricycle has a handle attached to the back for an adult to use to help steer. Y'all remember those? He pedaled along, leaving me slightly behind. Hayden started to drift off the road, and so I gently placed my hand back on the handle without his even knowing it. I gently guided him back on the safety of the road. I looked down at the pavement in that exact moment and I saw the shadow that we created. There was Hayden on the tricycle and my shadow loomed large beside him. Father and son, my hand on the safety handle. And that image spoke volumes. God showed me in that moment how he is our heavenly father's always with us. He's beside us. He's in front of us, <clears throat> he's a, trying to see through the water here, beside us, in front of us, allergies. <laughs> he's beside us, he's in front of us, he's behind us. His hand gently guides us and corrects us when we drift off the right path in life. I love moments like this. Even though we may not always know it or acknowledge it, God is always with us, and I'm thankful today of a general reminder of his presence and his guidance. So I found this the other day and I thought, isn't it something that that little three and a half year old on the tricycle is now a pastor of his own church. Man, I feel old. I think sometimes I think sometimes we have to be reminded to not take that shadow for granted, to not take his presence for granted, to not be numb about his protection that covers us. You know, a parent sacrifices a lot for their children, and a lot of times kids aren't even aware of the things that parents sacrifice, and we don't want them to be aware, right? We want to, as much as we can give them the best of, the, of things uh, and, and make sure that they learn valuable lessons and that we don't spoil them and they don't have an entitlement mentality. But most of the time, we don't even want them to know about certain sacrifices we make. But, but you and I have been there. You know that at the same time, when a child of yours, or maybe it's a grandchild for some of you, when they take for granted your sacrifices, and when they don't show appreciation, and when they're not a very obedient child, and they're not a courteous child, and they're not a manly child, you, uh, you kind of start getting a little irritated and agitated, right? Well, here's what I want you to think about. Our Heavenly Father, the Bible says, is a jealous God. He will not share His glory with anyone or anything. And of all the times that you've taken for granted your health, of all the times that you've taken for granted his protection, of all the times that you've taken for granted his shadow, you know, sometimes I just pray and say, God, forgive me for the things I've taken for granted that you could just as easily take away. Forgive me for the times I haven't been appreciative. And yet, you still continue to bless. Let's get real now. We like the blessing favor. We like the protection. What I want us all to do, this sermon goes through me long before it gets (laughs) to you, and I I don't want us anymore to be numb or maybe ignorant in some cases of all the things that God is protecting us from. I I don't want us to ever again not be appreciative of his presence in our lives and his peace over us. It's my hope and my prayer that through this sermon series and through God's Word and through His Holy Spirit that there will be a conviction in your heart and starting now, not procrastinating, not saying next week, next month, no, starting now, that you'll become more aware of His protection, that you'll become more, you'll give more praise and adoration over the protection that He's provided to you over your life. Let us pray. Most gracious, heavenly Father.